The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. As we continue today in our series entitled A Man After God's Own Heart, we see that David, who has just been anointed king, didn't march into Jerusalem and execute a coup against Saul. He rather was content to wait on the timing of the Lord. Instead, David went back to the sheepfold, shepherding his father's sheep. And then there came a time when the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, that is, the guiding, comforting spirit of God that we experience in a timely way left Saul because of his disobedience. So the servants of Saul sent for David to come play the harp to soothe the symptoms of disobedience in Saul. And what did David do? He humbly accepted and went and served his king. Part of being a man after God's own heart is waiting on God's timing and being obedient to his will while we're waiting. We're beginning to see this characteristic in the life of David. As we go through this series, we're going to see it more and more. He wasn't perfectly obedient, but in an overall sense, David was willing to wait on God and serve him while he waited. Stay with us as we see what it means to be a man after God's own heart. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. According as he
Continue to pray for me as I try to preach to you from the 16th chapter of 1 Samuel. We have been in a series on the life of the only man in the Bible and in history that's called a man after God's own heart. We've been preaching about David. And I want to say to you, as you turn to the 16th chapter of 1 Samuel, that I hope it's been a blessing for you, but I can promise you it's been a blessing for me to study and to prepare these messages because the life of David is so, so real. It's so down to where we live. Uh, sometimes we think of the characters in the Bible as some sort of super Christians, some sort of super saints that... Uh, uh, that are almost fictionalize them. Uh, we, we think about the Bible as, as we might think of the Lord of the Rings or some other uh, fantasy novel. And I want to say to you that the Bible is better than any fantasy novel that you could ever find because uh, the, the difference between the Bible and these other novels uh, is that the Bible's real. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a book that will help you and I to get through everyday life. Uh, and, and I want to preach to you uh, uh, this morning about David, and I want us to realize that there's some very practical applications that David's life has to our own, our own lives. Uh, now, understand that salvation is, is, the gospel of our salvation is contained on every page of this Bible, every page of the Old Testament. Jesus Christ said, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, but they are they that testify of me. <laughs> the Jews thought they had a pathway to salvation. They thought, well, we'll keep the law, we'll get to heaven. But what, it, what the, the Bible is teaching us is it's pointing us to Christ, which is the only path of salvation that there is. Uh, he's the only one that could walk that path. <laughs> we couldn't do it. Uh, so when we read about David, we read about these Old Testament saints, understand that they're ultimately pointing us to the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, David is... Uh, is in the lineage of Christ. David is mentioned as sort of a type of Christ in the Psalms that David wrote. There are many foreshadowings and prophecies of the coming of Christ. The 22nd Psalm is one of the most uh, uh, gut-wrenching Psalms you'll ever read. It's the only first-person account of the, of the uh, crucifixion. Uh, you can read the Gospels and you can talk, you know, the Gospels are written from the standpoint of someone who's watching the crucifixion. We hear what Jesus said. We see what he, what he went through to a great extent. Although the Lord turned off the lights at one point where we couldn't see all the sufferings that he was going to endure. But you turn to the 22nd Psalm sometime and you'll, it starts off like this. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It's written from the first person. And he tells you about all the sufferings that he endured himself. Some say, well, on the cross, Jesus was quoting David. No, in the 22nd Psalm, David was quoting Christ. <laughs> it was a prophecy. It was a prophecy there of the of this ultimate crucifixion of Christ. So David is an important figure. He's a real figure. And his life has been an encouragement to me already as I read about him. Because we don't just read about his successes. We read about his failures too. We're going to get to those uh, uh, as we continue to study his life. But in the 16th chapter of the book of 1 Samuel, we pick up in the 14th verse where we have just left the home of Jesse, David's father. And you know what happened there. Uh, Samuel came and anointed David king in the mind and purpose of God. David is now the king of Israel although Saul still sits on the throne. And we pick up in verse 14 
with a new vision here. We've gone, it's sort of like a movie, we've gone from the home of Jesse, and now we, you know, the, the lights go down there, and they come up on the palace in Jerusalem. And listen to what it says. It said, But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. Now what we're about to read about is that David is about to get a new job. Remember where we found David before? David was so insignificant, even in his father's own eyes, that when Samuel called the family together and sort of, I don't know if he told Jesse directly or he wink, wink, nod, nod, but you know, he came there with a horn of oil. He's the guy that anoints kings. He's, he says, I want to do a sacrifice. Yeah, right, okay, come on. So, oh, I better get all my kids together. And he gathers seven of his eight sons together. Ah, but not David. You know, David, it couldn't be him. Because, you know, look at Eliab. Man, he is good. Look, he's strong. He's, I don't know, six foot two, six foot three, specimen of a man. And all these other sons were, were much greater in the eyes of men, as you recall. And David was just, you know, somebody's got to keep the sheep, so we'll just let it be little David. Because there's no way little David could possibly be the king that Samuel's looking for. And you remember what God said? To Samuel. Samuel even thought it was Eliab. He said, surely this is the Lord's anointed. And God said, Samuel, I don't look on the outward appearance like you do. I judge on the heart. And of course, you know the rest of the story. It turned out to be David. And then we're told in verse 13, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. And then in verse 14, but the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. Now, I want to talk about some of these events. And first of all, I want, to see, I want us to talk about where the Spirit of God leaves Saul. But before we go any farther, let me clear up a little theological point here. First of all, we can never lose the Spirit of God in an eternal sense. You say, well, isn't that what it said here? No. Let me tell you something about the Word of God. Everything in the Word of God you must take in context. I know the world likes to reach out and grab a verse and put it on a poster and, or put it on a billboard or on a bumper sticker. But I'll tell you, child of God, you've got to take everything in context. Uh, we're told that it's here a little, there a little. Uh, we're told that it's line upon line, precept upon precept. I've heard it said and, used, and I've told you this many times that a text out of context is usually a pretext. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just trying to prove something that, uh, that, that you, some pet theory, but you've got to take it all in context and where it is. So, so what is he saying here uh, that the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul? Well, first of all, that word departed there, if you do a little word study on it, I love the root word there means to turn off. <laughs> Turn off. It, so it's, you, you might could read it this way. I'm not trying to improve upon this precious uh, KJV uh, Bible, but I'll say you might could read it like the Spirit of God turned off in the life of Saul. And I want to say to you, child of God, there's a sense in which the Spirit of God may depart from us or be turned off in this life, but not for eternity. Preacher, can you prove that? I sure can. And I can read it out of the words of Christ in John chapter 10 and verse 27. Lest you go away from here saying, I'm afraid I may lose the Spirit of God and die and go to hell. Because uh, that's what that verse said. That's not what the verse said. Because Jesus says in chapter 10 of John in verse 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. 
So he's got some sheep and he knows them. And, and, and those sheep hear his voice. What voice is that? Well, we'll read it in a minute. But over in John chapter 5 and verse 25, he says, uh, uh, he said, Verily, verily, the hour is coming and now is when they which are dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. He's talking about the new birth there, child of God. That new birth is caused by the voice of the Son of God. My sheep hear my voice. You know, I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful it's not the voice of the preacher. I'm thankful it's not the voice of the Bible tract salesman. I'm thankful it's not the voice of the missionary. It's not the voice of any one of us because I falter in my voice from time to time. I misquote. I misstate things. I'm not as eloquent as I should be from time to time. But the voice of Jesus Christ... That's the voice that can reach even into the very womb of a woman and cause John the Baptist to leap with joy. He can reach into the womb of a, of a, of a, of a mother who's uh, about to abort a child and cause that child to be born again. He can reach to a man who is yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter, heading to uh, a place called Damascus to uh, drag Christians down to, uh, to be uh, thrown into jail, who's not seeking God, not looking for Him, and yet He overtakes Him by the voice of His power is the same one who can reach a thief on a cross who by all accounts should have died and gone to hell and probably his, his folks all thought He did because He'd done nothing good in His life. <laughs> and yet on the cross after He'd been doing the same thing, though, you know there wasn't, sometimes we get mixed up and we hear things and they're taught a little misconception. Everybody, oh, there was one good thief and one bad thief. No, there wasn't. There were two bad thieves. You read the 27th chapter of Matthew sometime. We're told he was crucified with a thief on one side and a thief on the other side. And, and the Pharisees and those that passed by and the rulers, they were mocking and cursing him and taunting him. And you know what it says about the thieves? Not just one thief, both thieves. They were casting the same in his teeth. Yeah. They were casting the same. You know, can you imagine if you had passed, been one of those passing by and you looked up and you saw Jesus in the middle and a thief on each side and everybody taunting him and everybody mocking him and even looking up at those two thieves both doing the same thing and then you passed on by and, and you would be thinking to yourself, well, you know, both those thieves died. And it looks, looks to me like based on their fruits they died and went to hell. <laughs> that's all you could judge about. They weren't just pickpockets. The word thief, and one, and I think in Luke it calls them malefactors, evildoers. They were robbers. Uh, Lance knows what I'm talking about. There's a difference in theft and robbery. Theft is when you pick something up and take it away with no violence, even under our laws. And under our laws, robbery is something you violently take from somebody else. And uh, in, this, uh, in this case, they were violent Thieves. They were what we would call robbers and brigands and, and those that, uh, uh, that, that waylaid people on the side of the road. You know, I'm sure his mama, if she, if she never read the account of Luke, lived the rest of her days wondering where her son was because he was, he was just like the other one. But you know what happened on the cross? Without a preacher, without a baptismal pool, without a Bible tract, without anything else, the Holy Spirit, the voice of the Son of God, caused that man's heart to be renewed. And suddenly he wasn't singing the same old song. Suddenly he wasn't singing the same old tune, was he? They had the chant going, uh, mocking him, save yourself. If you're the Son of God, you can save yourself. And suddenly he started singing off a different sheet of music than the other thief. And he started singing the gospel tune 
we deserve what we get. You know, there's not one person who's ever <clears throat> truly seen themselves as they are that doesn't understand that we deserve nothing more than hell for eternity. That's all we deserve. We don't have any, you know, and, in our, and, and the thing of, in our flesh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14, he says, he says the natural man, that is the one who's only had one birth, the natural birth, not the, the new birth, the natural birth. The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, for they are spiritually discerned. You know, I, I look at it, I've heard it put this way uh, often, that in our age especially, in which we live, you know, there's satellites in the sky, there's radio towers, cell phone towers. All of us probably got a cell phone out there, and uh, I've got mine on silent, but it's still transmitting, it's still broadcasting. And somewhere out there in this, in this air that I'm waving my hand in, there are all kinds of signals floated, flying through there. There's, there's probably, some, there's probably a, a line of gospel music shooting right through here somewhere. There's, there's probably some talk radio coming right through here. There's probably some stuff you wouldn't want to listen to even in the privacy of your own home coming right through this church right through here right now. There's all kind of radio waves and things going through there, but, but why don't we hear it? Because we don't have a transmitter to, or a receiver, rather, uh, to get it. We don't have a receiver. That's what he's saying about the Spirit. He's saying that, that there are those that are born only in nature. And those that are only born of nature, that have only experienced a natural birth, they can't receive. They don't have the receiver to, to get the things of God. Jesus said in, first, in uh, John chapter 3, uh, as he's talking to Nicodemus, he said, Verily I say unto you, except a man be born of the Spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Without the new birth, without the receiver in us, we cannot see it. We're not interested in it. We don't want it, you see. Oh, but the voice of the Son of God. Jesus says, my sheep, hear my voice. The hour is coming and now is when they that are dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. Praise God for that. Amen. See, I take comfort in that. I take comfort in the fact that, it's, that when I'm up here preaching and I'm preaching to you the gospel of your salvation and there's, there's one of God's little sheep out there and I mess it up. <laughs> I say it wrong or I offend somebody and I, and I don't get it out like I should. That it's not my voice that quickens you. It's the voice of the Son of God. Amen. See, I'm, I'm preaching to you the words of the Son of God, but I'm not speaking in His voice. And that voice can reach the mother's womb. It can reach the man breathing out threatenings and cursings. It can reach the thief on the cross before he goes off into eternity. Praise God for that. And he says this, I give unto them eternal life, back in John chapter 10 and verse 28, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, you know, that, that's a good statement right there. That's strong, isn't it? That's from the, that's from the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. And I, that's enough for me, you know. If He said it, I believe it. But, but just in case you didn't get it, okay? He didn't stop there. He said, My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all. 
My daddy's bigger than your daddy, okay? That's what he's saying. My daddy, you think your daddy's bad, and he may be, but my daddy's better, okay? My daddy's bigger than yours. My daddy, my father is greater than all, and he's the one that gave them to me, and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. <laughs> man, it's not just that Jesus said they can't pluck them out of his hand, they can't pluck them out of the father's hand. Now, in case you're wondering, in case you're still not satisfied, he says, I and my father are one. <laughs> so that's pretty good assurance right there. Number one, Jesus said it. Number two, God is bigger than everybody else. And by the way, number three, I and God are one. <laughs> I and my Father, I am the very God, he's saying. And he says, no man can pluck them out of my hand. That's, that's why it's important, child of God, to understand the sovereignty of God in salvation. You know, if I could do something to get the Spirit, then it stands to reason I could do something to lose it. <laughs> I'm so glad that my salvation is not in my hands. Because if, if it were, I would mess it up. It was up to deeds that I would do. You know, our righteousness is, according to Isaiah 64, is filthy rags. Uh, you know, I said, well, I've done some good stuff, Lord. Here it is. And he looks at it and says, filthy rags. That's all it is. Well, i got a lot of them. you got a big old stinking pile of filthy rags. You know, when I used to be in college, I've told you this before. You know, I'd, uh, you know I'm not real good at washing clothes. So... Uh, uh, so my dear mother who's here was uh, uh, was uh, willing to do it all for me. So I'd, I'd start a pile. You know, I'd go to school on Monday. Monday night I'd start a pile. And by Friday, uh, that pile would be pretty big. Sometimes I'd forget to bring them home on Friday. So I'd have a two-week pile to bring home. Now let me tell you. <laughs> Uh, that was a good mama to do that for me, okay? Because <laughs> that was a pile of st stinking pile of laundry, okay? Well, this is filthy rags, okay? The more you put together, the worse it smells in the, in the nostrils of God. Your works aren't going to get you to heaven. Say, so, well, my choices, let me tell you, have you ever made a choice that was completely pure? You ever got it completely right? Well, I'm going to do this because I am completely devoted to God. And I have no ulterior motive. And nothing I've done, nothing, no sin is tainting this. Child of God, every decision I have ever made in my life has been tainted by the sin that dwells in me. Every single one. I'm so thankful the Lord didn't put it on me to get myself to heaven. He said, you know, if I could have done that to get myself there, I could do something to get myself out. But he says, my sheep hear my voice. Praise God for that. And so, understand, going back to our main point, we cannot ever, we can never lose the Spirit of God in an eternal sense. And see, it's the difference between relationship and fellowship. Relationship and fellowship. I'm so thankful Mom and Dad are here today, and I'm, I will always be my Father's son, no matter how long I live or no matter what I do. I will always be his son. I will always bear his name. Now, I can do things to break our fellowship. I can act in such a way that he has to kick me out, that he has to break fellowship with me, and he can no longer be around me because I've done so many things that are so bad that have caused a break in our fellowship. But I'll never break that relationship. Think about the prodigal son. The prodigal son is not a story about somebody going down into the far country and getting born again. Let me tell you what the prodigal son's about. It's about a born-again child of God 
who bore the name of his father and was dwelling in his father's house and was not satisfied and decided to go out into the world and make his own way and he ends up at the place that every child of God eventually ends up who tries to go their own way in life. He ends up in the pig pen trying to eat the food that the pigs are eating. And child of God, you can't survive on the pig food of this world. You can't survive on that. You understand me. A sheep needs sheep food. If you find yourself in the hog pen, you'll be starving. You'll starve. And that young man came to himself. <laughs> he realized what he was. He was a child of the king. He was a child of his father. And he said, what a fool I am. I want to go back. And he, he picked himself up and he went back. That's about returning. See, that's about restoration of fellowship. That's not about the creation of a relationship. The relationship was already there. Saul, we read in the 10th chapter of 1 Samuel, was prophesying. The Spirit of God came upon Saul. He, proph he prophesied later. When he, in the 28th chapter of 1 Samuel, we read about a time when Saul is so far broken in his fellowship with God, with God that God will not hear his prayers. So he, con he gets a woman to conjure up Samuel, and Samuel comes back, and he, he, he basically uh, chastises him for doing that, and he says to him this. He says, Saul, tomorrow you and your sons will be with me where I am. Where was Samuel? I believe Samuel's in heaven, right? <laughs> I believe he's in heaven. Saul was a child of God. But he was a child of God that, that had broken fellowship with God. And in that sense, we can lose the Spirit of God in a time way, in a timely way. Not in an eternal sense, but here and now. Due to the constraints of time, we will stop the message here. But please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J, C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.